Mambo, Jambo Guana, Abarigani, Mizuri Sana, Wageni, Makaribishwa, Kenya Yetu, Akuna Matata, Jambo, Jambo Guana, Abarigani, Mizuri Sana. Greetings, greetings, and welcome to episode three of The Friendly Troll. My name is Isaac Rutenberg. I'm a lecturer, the director of the Center for Intellectual Property and Information Technology Law, known as CIPIT, at the Strathmore University Law School in Nairobi, Kenya. And this is the CIPIT podcast that talks about technology from the Global South perspective. So every week we sit here and we troll in a friendly manner about the global tech industry as seen from the Global South. So welcome to this episode. We're going to be speaking about the global tech industry very broadly and kind of more specifically about the American-Chinese bilateral domination of that industry uh, from our perspective. So let's get into our substantive content. No problem. And to help me in the discussions today with the substantive matter, we have uh, Michelle Andili. I'll ask her to introduce herself once more. Thanks, Isaac. Hi, everyone, again. Um, I'm Michelle Ondili. I'm a recent law graduate from Strathmore University, and I'm a researcher at CIPIT. Great. Some of you may remember her from the last episode, and she's back for our discussion of today's content, which is the global tech industry and the most important and influential global tech companies, private tech companies in Africa and more specifically in Kenya. So uh, a little bit of background. In Kenya, the probably the, the most famous thing that we have are national parks, and within the national parks are big animals. Those animals are so popular and the tourists really, uh, I mean, that's the reason to come to Kenya is to see the animals, uh, so much so that um, the tour guides have created what they call the Big Five. And so if you come to Kenya, you have to see the Big Five animals, and that includes elephants and, and lions, etc. Well, here at the Friendly Troll, we also have our Big Five, and those are the five tech companies that are most visible, most present, in, at least in Kenya. Um, probably, uh, it's safe to say, uh, in, in Africa as well. So for those big five, we have Microsoft, we have Facebook, Google. Those are three American companies. And then the two Asian ones are Huawei and Samsung, uh, two, the two companies with Asian uh, roots. So these are our big five. Uh, we see them on a daily basis, multiple times in any given day, uh, pretty much all of them. And we'd like to talk about on this episode, our interactions with these companies, what we get from them, what we give to them uh, to some degree, just what our perspective is here. So first starting out with the presence of and our interactions with uh, the Asian tech companies. Again, these are Huawei and Samsung. Uh, from my perspective, uh, you know, I see a lot of Samsung phones. I think it's the most dominant of all brands here. But Huawei also has quite a, a very uh, strong presence in, in phones and telecommunications. Also, though, from a back end, but we'll talk about that in a second. Michelle, what's your impression uh, when you hear uh, those two companies, Huawei and Samsung? I think the main thing to consider is really that um, the penetration of these companies is not just on a tech level, but it has a bit of a wider scale. 
So um, especially when you consider with Samsung, uh, Samsung phones are primarily the most uh, popular phone and because of the, the range and the pricing, but also the fact that there are a lot more different Samsung products, TVs, fridges, and it's more pervasive in Kenya as opposed to, you would say, some of the, the U.S. companies um, with Huawei, especially when you consider their existing partnership with Safaricom. The reach is not just um, on a on a cell phone level, but on a wider network level. So really, their impact and their influence is wider than the U.S. companies. Yeah, so that's actually kind of uh, leading to my next point, which is that these companies are also directly engaging with governments, and I believe that Huawei has built out much of, if not not all of, the underlying backbone of technology here. The fiber optics, um, you know, maybe the routers might come from uh, Cisco still, but uh, all of the infrastructure between routers, everything else you need to build to run an internet, I think Huawei has a huge stake in that uh, infrastructure as well. And, and then you mentioned the just the number of, of devices the that are the technology you technology devices now the the fridges when you know we don't yet have the internet of things because we don't yet have 5g i'm told uh but when we do you know who's going to dominate that sector is definitely going to be i think the the company that already has uh, a stronghold in those devices and i see a lot more samsung than anything else is that what you see as well yeah definitely i think uh, if you walk into, I mean, any large shopping center or a mall and you go to the electronics aisle, you'll find most of the products are going to be Samsung products. And of course, that builds um, sort of people become comfortable with them and then, you know, it gets picked up more and more. No problem. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata means there's no problem. Simba is lion and that's our emblem. No problem. Okay. Well, uh, to compare, let's talk about the American tech companies and how the presence and or uh, our interaction with American companies uh, seems to be. Uh, as I mentioned, the three most popular commonly observed here are Microsoft, Facebook, and Google. Now, all three of these have uh, physical offices in Africa. Facebook has uh, an office in South Africa. I think all three of them actually have uh, South African offices. Google and Microsoft have offices in Kenya and Nairobi here. And then there are a bunch of offices in West Africa as well. You know, the three you don't really see of the big, big tech companies are Apple, Amazon, and, and to some degree, IBM, although IBM has a research center in Kenya, not so much of a sales office. It's actually a research center. So well, I think they also, also have um, a bit of sales, but you don't really see on a day-to-day basis any of those three companies, though Apple, Amazon, and IBM. But um, that's my impression. What, what's when you hear Microsoft, Facebook, and Google? What as a as an average Kenyan, or well, certainly not average, but as a Kenyan, what do you um, what do you think? And what what is your impression? I think uh, their effect is mostly intangible. You don't come into contact. I mean, actual physical contact of having a product, interacting with that product. Um, when it comes to Facebook, Google or Microsoft, their investments are largely on a research scale or uh, in, you know, the more private sectors and you don't really see their influence outwardly. And so because of that lack of contact, there's also a bit of dissonance with um, the ordinary Kenyan. Sure. And, and and the one glaring exception to that would be the daily use of Facebook. Yeah. 
right? I mean, Kenyans use Facebook on a very large scale. And, in, and of course, the other two owned by Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp. Uh, I cannot tell you how many gazillion WhatsApp group messages I get every day. I'm sure you, you have the same problem. <laughs> So, I mean, our, our engagement with uh, American tech companies is, is over those platforms, I would say. And social media is huge here, of course, I, I, probably in a different way from the average American user. But, well, I don't know. Do you consume a lot of American content on your social media? I think um, it's it's become, well, for one, a lot of the content that I consume in general is American content just from um, having certain, even if it's a TV show or most of the things that I will, most of my information is going to come primarily from an American source. Mm -hmm. I grew up, you know, in the morning watching CNN or Al Jazeera and, you know, most subjects of conversation are what is happening in the U.S., U.S. politics, such things. So even on those platforms, you'll find yourself being more knowledgeable or even right now being more up to date on what exactly is going on with um, the with the current political situation in the U.S. And that, of course, has its own effects. Sure. Let's talk for a moment about culture now, whether Asian culture and or American culture is influencing the cultures here. In terms of culture, I think we can, uh, we start moving a little bit away from the tech industry, but not entirely, because one of the growing cultural influences, I would say, here is the tech hub. Uh, you know, SIPIT, we've been doing some research on tech hubs. A lot of places have done research on tech hubs. These are very much influenced by Silicon Valley. And uh, at one point, um, well, the most well-known tech hub, at least in Kenya and, and possibly in much of Africa, is, is called the iHub. The iHub was started by an individual who spent a lot of time in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. I can recall him, he and I having a discussion uh, about the very beginnings of iHub, and his intention was, we're going to make this like something you would find in Silicon Valley. And now Tech Hub, that was around 2011, 2012. That has just taken off with unbelievable pace. And there are now hundred, literally more than four or 500 Tech Hubs spread across Africa. Uh, every, Pretty much every big city has at least one. And some cities like Lagos and Nairobi have literally several dozen tech hubs where people go, they have coffee, they have uh, a space to work, they interact with people, other techies could be creatives, people doing just about anything. They're drawn to these tech hubs because they're uh, socializing. So I think from my perspective, that's the most influential part of American culture, and it has a bit of a, a tech theme to it. But Michelle, what's your impression on this? So when it comes to culture, I think one of the things that's really important is the amount of contact, I mean, actual physical contact that we have with it. As I had said before, with American culture, it's very intangible. Um, and But with Chinese culture, even in Kenya right now, there's um, there's a Chinatown. If you go along uh, Awings Kodek Road, um, if you just between like Halingam and Kilimani, you'll find um, that there's just a whole section that is reserved for, you know, um, Chinese food, Chinese products. Even in supermarkets uh, these days, if you just enter a supermarket, there will be a section devoted to Chinese food and Chinese products. And I think that that is definitely a statement to how much the impact is here and how welcoming we want to be of them. In terms of American culture and also, I think, in general, other other foreigners, we haven't really had such 
a reception or, you know, such an invested welcome. And I think that it's safe to say that a lot of the impetus for having a Chinatown is because there are many Chinese people and the people here, are those Chinese people are here to do business, on a, definitely on a large scale. They are building infrastructure, whether it be tech or non-tech, they're building out a lot of the infrastructure that we're seeing here from railways to uh, to the cell phone towers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we have a very special guest in the studio as well. Although he's been with us for each of these episodes, he's always in the background. I'd like to introduce Philip. He is part of Fulani Media, and he uh, is one of the producers of this show. <laughs> when we were discussing uh, this topic, he chimed in and gave us some interesting insights. And I'm like, well, why don't you say that on the podcast? So, Philip, you were mentioning how culture in Africa, or at least Kenya, is is different from uh, from the Americans, particularly in in area of uh, trust of technology. Would you like to say something about that? Yeah, Isaac, speaking of cultures, uh, especially when you mentioned something like Amazon, I think um, the culture here, we are yet to appreciate interacting with, let's say, the machine. What do I mean when I say that? Like when I want to purchase something, most of us will want to see whoever is selling that product and buy from them and we have trust in that sometimes we feel a bit hard to spend our money on the net and buy stuff online so that has been the problem with the culture that we have here which needs to be built a bit more for us to interact on online great thanks and um, do you think that uh, one of your friends or any any average person here would prefer to interact with a human or a machine so I mean a lot of uh, technology coming out of the West right now is pushing towards machine interactions with machines whether it be bots that are helping you on customer service uh, service or um, you know ATMs or those sorts of things do you think the average person here prefers human interaction would are they receptive to the machine sort of interactions I think currently uh, a few of us have accepted interacting with machines the ATMs but I think most of us still would want to interact with a human being uh, like for example we have ATMs which can accept money but most of us would rather go to the banking hall and deposit their cash other than just go to the ATM and because sometimes you feel like the ATM might misbehave or something like that and you might not be able to claim your money back. Yeah, very interesting in the impression of a machine and, and being trustworthy or not trustworthy. Particularly, I mean, none of these devices are built here, so it kind of makes a lot of sense that you might not trust uh, those machines. So thanks. Thanks, Philip. I'd like to kind of conclude on an issue that is going to become a theme at the Friendly Troll here throughout many episodes, and that is this concept that these two regions, America and Asia, are really battling for supremacy in the tech industry. And they have been for a while, but I think it's becoming so prominent, so obvious. And, and in a way, it's almost a proxy between governments fighting each other. And that is so clear now as China and America are battling, uh, their tensions are rising between the two, have been for the last couple of years. I mean, you could almost call it a new Cold War between those two countries. And the battlefield is, the uh, metaphorical battlefield is the tech company who are either acting directly at the uh, instructions of or approval of government, or maybe a little bit less directly. So 
how does that affect us here in, in, in the global south or pretty much anywhere that's not America and China or America and, and East Asia? It's really difficult to say specifics at the moment. Um, we don't really see some really obvious fallout, if you will, from this, except that one thing I would say, and then I'll ask uh, Michelle your impression, I would say that um, China is definitely um, winning the hearts and minds of Africans much faster than Americans when it comes to delivery of technology into the continent. You know, Apple doesn't even have a presence in all of, of Kenya and I think most of Africa. If you want uh, an, an Apple store, you have to go quite far and find one. So I think that um, China has just taken the relationship a lot more seriously. And, and that's probably true in most areas, even outside of technology. But, but that's so that's my impression. Uh, Michelle, what's your ideas? Um, well, I would say that you're correct on that, and um, especially when it comes to the fact that China has a very focused uh, tech offensive, and President Xi Jinping has indicated that he does want to build a digital Silk Road. The permeation of China into Africa is a lot stronger, and there is a lot more investment in it. Its strategy is a lot more focused. And with the U.S. companies, really, it's sort of like um, Africa becomes an afterthought. And so the U.S. government is currently starting to now pick up on this and getting a bit nervous about the presence of Chinese companies or these major Asian tech companies in Africa. Of course, um, recently, there was the issue of the U.S. government putting pressure on Google to restrict Huawei's access to the Android OS, which means that if you have a Huawei phone, you were in danger of not being able to access basically the Play Store, which of course is now access to everything else. And that currently is not in effect. It is pretty much an indicator of how nervous the U.S. government is with um, China's involvement in Africa. And really, um, the role or the place of Africa in this is that we will sort of become a bit of a, a middle ground and a place where if a sanction um, is placed on a Chinese tech company or um, on the Chinese government, then what impacts and what effects does that have on us? And um, can we really rely on that tech, considering that there is such a volatile political consideration? Yeah, it's a great point. And at the end of the day, do we even have a choice, right? Does um, an American sanctioning a Chinese company that means they can't sell phones for a certain amount of time or support phones for a certain amount of time, that will certainly have an impact on us. I don't know that we really have any viable options at the moment, apart from those two powerful entities and the companies that come with them. So thanks for those insights. I think we can wrap it up here and move to the credits. So for today's episode, I'd like to give credit to the following. First of all, our music is the song Jambo Buana, and that's by the group Them Mushrooms. Specifically, want to thank Teddy Kalanda Harrison as the, the copyright owner. And uh, we here at The Friendly Troll like to uh, point out that we give credit because we also went and sought approval from Them Mushrooms and Teddy to use that song. So thank you very much. The song Jambo Buana has in it the phrase Hakuna Matata, which you probably, are, if you're not Kenyan, you at least know it from a certain very popular movie, but it, it means don't worry, and I'm not worried because I have the rights to use it, from Teddy himself. Uh, I'd like to also give some credit to one of our funders, uh, that being IDRC, the Canadian uh, government, 
uh, because uh, they're funding a lot of our research and that research was done, um, was the basis for this episode. I'd like to thank Michelle for your input and also Strathmore University and uh, Strathmore Law School. And finally, uh, Fulani Media, the producers of the, the show, and Don uh, as a producer, and also Philip, who you heard today. Uh, thank you to everyone. And of course, thank you to you as the listener. And we look forward to another episode of Trolling next week. Jumbo, Jumbo Buana, Habari Gani, Mizuri Sana, Wageni, Wakari Bishwa, Kenya Yeti, Hakuna Matata, Kenya Ijizuri, Hakuna Matata, Chia Kupendeza, Hakuna Matata, Chia Maajabu, Hakuna Matata. Chienye amani hakuna matata Kenya inchi nzuri hakuna matata Chia kupendeza